Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello there and welcome to the Irish Examiner's Paper Talk our weekly sports podcast on the programme. Today we're looking back on a hectic weekend of Allianz Hurling League action and I'm delighted to be joined, as always, on a Monday by Irish Examiner's GA correspondent, John Fogarty. John, we're not going to start with uh, Sunday's action. We're going to go back uh, a few hours to Saturday night. You were there in Semple Stadium. There's been so much talk in the build-up to this game between Tipperary and Kilkenny. And, And for once in sports broadcasting and sports media... It lived up to the hype. It did, and uh, I saw it somewhere today that you know it, it has announced the starting of, of the hurling season, and I think it has. Column, um, I think hurling needed it as much as we've heard that so many times. We never heard much that football needs things, but hurling needed it um, because you know the games. They, listen, they, they haven't been too exciting as of yet. You know, Tipperary have been very impressive, but Kilkenny Morton put it up to them the other night. Um, I said in my match report that, um, or wrote in my match report, that it felt like a draw that Kilkenny had won. And certainly going away from Thurles, you would imagine that the Kilkenny supporters were happier because Tipperary um, were heavily fancied coming into the game. Uh, heavily expected to win the game, uh, perhaps to make a statement of some sort against Kilkenny to to basically reinforce what they did last September. But Kilkenny stood up to it, and uh, you know, in today's paper, I just picked out uh, three moments in the first half where Tipperary really tested the physical metal of this Kilkenny team, and there had been occasions against Clare, as there had been in the Waterford game, where they were muscled out of Cullum, uh, where they were, you know, they were, you know, that that expression they were being out Kilkenny'd in a way but here Tipperary are by far the more aggressive side but you know what was thrown at them Kilkenny certainly took Killian Buckley took an, a monster hit from Park Mar in the first half Rona Mar hit um, Walter Walsh with a, with a really fair but strong shoulder and yet Walsh was able all six foot five of them admittedly was able to to absorb the blow and stick the ball over the bar like they were even at that stage as much as they were four points behind and Tipperary probably felt they should have been ahead by more there were indications that Kilkenny weren't going to be pushed over and there are still the same issues there for them they still don't have enough depth Brian Cody only made one substitute at the weekend. Didn't even threaten to look like they were going to make another one. James Marr was the only guy who was introduced. So the same, not failings, but there are shortcomings there for Kenny. But the spirit that Brian Cody has spoken about so much and spoke about again after the game on Saturday night was evident and then some. Is there a feeling, though, that Tipperary didn't want to show too much of their hand? That maybe in the latter stages when they could have... uh, they could have taken a few scores that they didn't. Possibly a little bit. Um, I haven't said that though. You know, when you get into such a a pugilistic 
battle like that, um, it's it's very it's it's very difficult not to be brought into it. Um, and it was it was definitely they were slugging it out I just felt that there was a, a rustiness Seamus Callanan certainly came up with a couple of points there in the towards the end of the game but his free take in the first half was extremely rusty we saw this last year as well against Clare in the quarterfinal when it was very bad and um, you know there was rustiness there he wasn't really at it um, John McGrath had an excellent first half um, Paul Murphy seemed to get the grips with him a little bit more in the second half um, there's still a good few players to come in for, for this Tipperary side that's the issue I think Colin, the likes of Cahill Barrett still have to come in Brendan Marr was certainly missed in the midfield Michael Breen didn't perform as well as he should have um, although Sean Curran was was definitely impressive um, you know in, in midfield and certainly didn't let the side down there where Killian Buckley was so dominant really you know in that mm. middle third but it's the fact that Tipperary still have about four or five guys who could come in and make a change. You know, the likes of Cahill Barrett, likes of um, Brother Marr, as I said, Bonner Marr, who obviously is away on work duties with the army. Um, it, it's the fact that they can come in and then you're thinking about Kilkenny and who can come in for them. And it's really only Michael Fenley. And that is, I believe, what will be the difference later on in the year if these two teams are to meet or even if they are to meet before the, the end of the league, um, which is f- quite possible and certainly would whet the appetite for a lot of people. But it, it's it's that Tipperary have more depth and that they know they have more depth. Like Michael Ryan certainly didn't seem like a guy afterwards who was disappointed that you know Tipperary didn't, you know, um, re- replicate everything that everyone was predicting beforehand. Uh, he seemed to be a Yeah, just just on that point, looking at his body language on television and from the pictures from the various agencies, he he looked like a man who was very happy to take the 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 point and almost put a bit of a lid on the expectations that have been building over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, there might be some of that. As much as I I I fully believe he'll want to get back to winning ways against Cork um, on Sunday week and Parker in. Um, you know what with I, I don't think there's any sort of mind games there ahead of the tip court game in, in Tarlis on the 21st of May I think they'll want to um, they, they would certainly like to to, to, to to burst the bubble of Cork after their excellent performance against Waterford um, you know the, the Tipperary have had a, a habit of running away with themselves and certainly you know hype is not something that they've dealt with very well in the past I don't think that's a difficulty though for Ryan he's a guy who seems to have his feet firmly on the ground and you know I I would imagine by the time they face Cork there's going to be two or three maybe even four changes to the All-Ireland winning team Um, you know John O'Dwyer might have been a guy this year who you thought you know if he attitude wasn't right that he might be dropped and he still might be that's the thing about it but there there is such a, a bounty and a luxury there for, for Michael Ryan at the moment that he can afford to be ruthless whereas Brian Cody I believe you know I go back to two years ago when they won an All-Ireland and Michael Fenley was picked despite not having trained like we would never have heard of those things in the past Michael Ryan has the luxuries that Brian Cody once had and I think that will you know come to bear as much as Kilkenny were so impressive there on Saturday night Okay, now the the game yesterday in Cusick Park between uh, Clare and Dublin was very pedestrian in comparison to what we saw on Saturday night in Thurles. It was. Um, 
and I would imagine Clare would probably Clare are in a position now where they should be able to avoid relegation. I I said from the outset. I, I felt Dublin and Cork would be the the relegation um two and uh, the relegation playoff um, opponents and I still think that is the case although Cork is again I'm repeating myself but they were very good against Waterford um uh, Claire you know I think James O'Connor mentioned it on, on news talk that they are missing um guys who can you know win primary possession and and it is a, it is still an issue for them and it's something that they're that they're going to have to work on they have a, a very big half back line that can absolutely fetch ball but it's 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 around their half forward line where they still have difficulties listen they don't, they have height they still they have um, that ability to, 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 to catch ball but they haven't been playing to that system that structure they've been so used to a lot of short ball okay we saw them going along against Kilkenny last year in the league quarter final where they you know they really profited at the edge of the square by putting the ball in long but it's something that they're certainly going to have to work on and as for Dublin you know I, I, I go back to what I said last week I still think they do have a very strong spine but they it's it's around now that they're missing the cooler players they might have some of the cooler players back for Sunday week um, for, for that game against Kilkenny where they will fancy themselves a little bit considering it's in Parnell Park but you saw it there in Ennis that they are missing guys they are they they they, they, they they're their depth of, or lack of depth of uh, talent, you know, is being shown at, at the moment. So they will certainly hope that the likes of Keno Callahan, David Tracy, guys like that, will come in for them on, on Saturday week as much as uh, you know, providing anyway that the All Ireland fi- club final on, on Friday doesn't take too much out. Okay, finally, we're gonna just take a look at uh, Division One B, and we have to 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 doff the cap to uh, David Fitzgerald. John, uh, he said. Uh, after their victory over uh, Offaly, which uh, brings them up to Division 1A, that uh, when he had met with the county board at the turn of the year, he was looking at a, a couple of years before that they'd be uh, securing promotion. So you have to say fair, fair, fair play to him in his, in his debut season. He's worked his magic again. Too right. Um Again, though, we, you know, we have to question what Davey says in public and what he's saying behind the scenes now because he was telling everyone, going back right and I was at the game myself um, uh, when they played UCD earlier on in the Walsh Cup he was saying this is a, lot, a, a two year project you know the, we wouldn't see the the fruits of, of the labours until next year and we mightn't see it in championship like it's quite possible that Wexford could fall flat in their face in the, the Leinster Championship but for all Davies talk about you know pr- not, not promotion not being um on the agenda and Wexford not having a hope of it or he said something you know aching to it uh, he's proved himself wrong if you know what I mean um, he has, obviously he hasn't proved himself wrong he was saying something completely different to the players but it, it's an achievement in itself and you know he had the buy-in from the, the, the players the, the sweeper system certainly you know especially in uh, the wake of uh, Saturday's game between Tipperary and Kilkenny people have used that game as a stick to beat the sweeper system with and the fact that Waterford are trying to move away from it a little bit at the moment and, and struggling to um, you know th- th- there's going to be the, cr- the criticisms of the sweeper system aren't going to go away uh, certainly not for a, a, a game like Hurling that is so entrenched in traditionalism but Davy Fitzgerald has has a proven track record both with Clare but with Watford and now 
with Wexford already. Um, as I said before, I believe this season can already be deemed, deemed a success for, for Wexford as much as they will be hoping to build on this in the summer. Um, nobody will will want them now um, in a quarter-final. Um, they, they know they're going to be difficult to beat. And that's the first thing that Fitzgerald has set them up to be hard to beat. Quite obviously, he, he, he worked on this with the players in those 11 or 12 challenge matches they had prior to um, prior to the league. They, I know that they played Waterford twice and uh, to play Waterford twice, I would imagine he would have gleaned a lot of information from that. Again, similar to Jerry Cunningham, he, he has a very strong spine. He knows exactly what his spine is with the likes of Lee Chin and Conor McDonald. Um, but it, it's the fact that they've bought into the system and that, that is such mm. a huge thing. You know, Fitzgerald says he gets a, a huge kick out of building up teams who aren't expected to, to, to do well. And he's done that again with Wexford. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Do, do you think that the, the general GA fan needs to have that acceptance of certain teams will need certain systems because they don't have the players to play the style that people may want? Indeed. If... if if we if if we don't want this game of hurling, which we all love to be a, a closed shop, then we have to appreciate that the developing teams have to come with something different. Colin, um, we saw it with Clare, we saw it with Clare with Anthony Daly years ago, we saw it with Cork in the past, um, we saw we've seen it with with Waterford obviously, and and, and now we're seeing it with Wexford. Um, if we want there to be more of a level level playing field, then. We, we have to expect seven defenders, eight defenders. Okay, there are going to be some unfortunate byproducts of that in terms of entertainment. Like, you know, we're going to see a drop in goals possibly. Um, you know, we, we I would have spoken with Eddie Brennan about that last week. And Eddie Brennan, you know, one of the greatest, if not the, the, the greatest goal scorer um, or goal getter. Um, made the point that uh, the sweeper systems, the pack defences, uh, def- uh, teams so determined to protect the D, have has had a, a you know a, a, an unfortunate um, a, a impact, a negative impact on the amount of goals being scored. But you know, as much as we all love goals, and there's such trigger points in games, as we saw um, between Tipperary and Kilkenny, it, that doesn't necessarily mean that the game is is um, suffering as a result. If there are more teams competing and being able to compete with each other, then I don't, I, I can't see how, you know, it, it's such a bad thing for a, for a team to put a sweeper in like Clare have done, like Waterford have done and what Wexford have done. You know, if if, her, if we want her in, not to be a close shop, then we have to appreciate that teams, similar to how Donegal did it under Jim McGuinness and to what, you know, Tyrone are doing at the moment with Mickey, Mickey Hart. They're, got, they're bringing something different to, to, to the field and long may it continue if it means that uh, we're not talking about the same teams over and over again every year. Thanks very much to John Fogarty for joining us on the line from our Dublin studio. Now we're going to take a look at the action between Watford and Cork and Michael Moynihan joins us uh, here. Uh, Michael, this time last week we were uh, questioning where Cork hurling was going and uh, this time... This week we're we're celebrating an impressive win down in uh, Watford. So wh- where does the truth lie? Well, obviously somewhere between the two. Um, the first thing I'd say Waterford would be hugely disappointed. Derek McGrath was kind of visibly uh, crestfallen yesterday because they weren't at the races. Now, in fairness, he did pay tribute. He said it was down to Cork stymieing them as well. I think another factor which probably you know should be mentioned was the quality of the pitch, which was absolutely appalling. 
Just just describe it. How, how bad was it? I see like a lot of people on Twitter, Anthony Daly talking about it today. Well, it was really noticeable at times that players were going towards to intersect, you know, the passage of the ball, which would bounce once or twice normally into their hands, and it was kind of dying on the first bounce. So fellas were having to check and come back. The ball was getting stuck in these rocks and so on and so forth. And in fairness, Waterford aren't a team, you know, they have excellent forwards, they're very quick players. It doesn't suit them any more than anybody else. So it's very surprising that their own grown staff don't actually have the pitch in better condition. It, it, it was really, really poor. I know Saturday night was a, an exceptional match and the quality of the surface and Taurus is proverbial. But, you know, it, it really is not fit for purpose and it didn't do either team any favours. And in particular, Waterford, because... You know, they're an experienced team, they rely a lot on pace and getting up to support each other. And you know, the times that, as I say, the players didn't misjudge uh, the ball, but were, were betrayed really by mm. the surface because the ball just didn't bounce through for them. And your feeling was it had, it wasn't just the elements that was responsible for the pitch, that there was maintenance that could have and should have been done? Well, see, I suppose you, you, you work down from the top quality. And I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of games that go on. And Torres, Central Stadium, is a, big, is a busy pitch, you know, but it's kept to a fantastic standard. Park Ewing is an unbelievably overused pitch and it is a very, very good quality. So there really isn't, to me, an acceptable reason, particularly in Waterford, when you have two county grounds which are used more or less equally for our field in Dungarvan as well. So... For whatever reason, I do not know, but it certainly should be addressed. It's just, it's just not it's not acceptable. Okay, talk to me about Cork. What was different about Cork than the Cork we saw in Nolan Park seven days beforehand? Well, you could sum it up quite simply. They sustained the effort for 70 minutes. Uh, they were very good against Kilkenny for 35-40 minutes and then fell away, but they were, they were very good against Waterford in the sense that they applied themselves over the 70 minutes. I think it was probably significant when you look at it that um, Alan Callaghan uh, came off quite early and Michael Catalan was playing young player, strong player great story coming back from heart complaint etc but what was significant to me was that the Cork manager wanted to put on someone who would work hard who would put the defence the Waterford defence under pressure that contaminates the supply going in on top of the, wa- the Cork backs and what you've noticed in the last couple of matches uh, in the first half against Kilkenny yesterday was that the Cork defence are a lot happier and a lot better because the quality of the ball coming down top of them is a lot, a lot worse. Obviously, it doesn't matter how good your backs are if, if your opponent 60 yards away picks out the forward, you're just not going to cover him, not, not in the modern game. So the, the onus is always now on your forwards to pressurise the opposition backs. Talk to me about uh, Cahillan and that incredible backstory. Um, yeah, Michael Cahillan uh, was warned a couple of years ago that he would have to give up contact sport completely. Uh, he had a heart ailment of some description but you know he's made a miraculous recovery and you know obviously it's a bigger story than just you know fulfilling a role for Cork for the young for himself he's, he's still very young to return to lead sport and to be able to participate to the extent that he is is, is just a fantastic story and a great narrative Speaking of young players stepping up I see Anthony Daly today praising Conor Lehan and, and his role your thoughts on that? Yeah I mean there's no doubt that Cork have a lot of quality up front. Derek McGrath was very fulsome in his praise, saying he had the best six forwards in the country. But basically, as with a lot of teams, it's it's harnessing those guys and playing them in the right place. Um, certainly someone like Conor Lehan, to me, would be better off coming through the centre because he's inclined to shoot on sight. And if you're shooting on sight in the centre, you have a better chance than if you're standing out on the sideline. So he's he's getting better. But he's also helped by someone like Luke Mead, who's getting through an incredible amount of work 
who's turning the ball over, who's hooking and blocking and doing all the dirty stuff that Cork hadn't been doing for a couple of years. So, you know, it's it's combining the two of them. It's this, it's the same with any team. It's combining the guy the guy who'll get the scores, the guy who'll do the work and provide the ball for the guy who'll get the scores. No, do you think this was a turning point for Cork? No. Um I mean Cork are playing Tipperary in a couple of weeks and you know, I think that could get fairly painful because um the way Tipperary are going um, you know, and and in the in the hurling league, there isn't I don't think really a sense of well we're qualified now we'll take it easy and we'll put on our second team and uh, so on and so forth. So I'd be I'd just be wary of saying it's a turning point because at the end of the day it's still a game in March against a Waterford team that didn't look entirely tuned in, and even though Cork won handsomely enough at the end, you know there still are a few flaws. The James Harney sent off kind of really carelessly, you know they didn't give up a lot of goal chances, which is an encouraging point for them but they also picked up a couple of injuries so you know I'd, I'd be tempering I'd be tempering the, the light a little bit Speaking of sending off uh, the, the picture on the front page of the sports supplement today is uh, an angry Maura Shanahan was, was he right to be angry? Yeah you'd have to say looking I know it was tough on Morris there was a passage of play just before that again the ball got stuck no one could get it up it was people rooting and rooting around there was a careless pull from a Waterford hurler not, not Morris uh, that hit a Cork player and I think actually Morris came in for some attention because a couple of the Cork players were angry with the other Waterford player putting in the ball and again this comes back to the ground if if, if the ground is proper the ball is flying around a little better he was I think a, a little harsh you don't to be surprised no if Waterford didn't, didn't appeal that um, because he had a good game and he does give Waterford something different because he's big and strong he can make the ball stick and that's obviously a problem because a lot of their forwards are a little bit small and on the light side and he's he, he was good in that role he, he got a couple of points and he got a couple of frees for them so I'm not surprised he, he wasn't a happy time. finally Michael what was Derek McGrath's demeanour like after the match yeah he wasn't he wasn't very happy at all I mean that's the second home game they've lost I know they were playing Tipperary and, and Tipperary the farm team but you know they obviously are unhappy with a couple of aspects of their play for instance you know Austin Gleeson is still trying to find his form a little bit uh, they lost Jamie Barron early on and he's a big player for them he's he's the man who makes the midfield tick a little bit and generally speaking I remember I asked him about the freeze they conceded a lot of freeze in the first half when you know and that kind of kept Cork ticking over and that's another another problem for them I think I think they're still searching a little bit uh, for the right combination of players and, and, and to get guys in and Gleeson is a huge challenge because he's just such an unbelievable talent but you know really you know where do you play them where do you play him? Kieran O'Connor and WLR was asking myself and a couple of the other journalists uh, before that we each had a different position, which just goes to show, you know, in a funny way, he's just such an extravagant talent that you know you're 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 kind of at a loss as to where to put. But him. but just on that and 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 you touched it on your match report and, and talking to Derek McGrath in uh, today's paper, is there a feeling that the the pressure and the weight of expectation on Austin after everything that happened last year is Weighing him down? See, hard to say because the other thing to remember is he's also only 21. So it's it's a different dynamic, obviously, to a kind of a, a TJ Reid who's 28 or 29, who's been through the middle, etc. Um, I would, I, I'd be slow to to say it's it's weighing down him because, to be fair to McGrath, who's an excellent man-manager, he's eased him back in a few minutes against um, against Kilkenny and, 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 and now more and more. And playing against Clare next week actually might suit him because, you know, they're they're bringing in a different style with the with their new dual management, so that might suit him. But 
it's funny. It's a funny challenge to have. I think he was doing better for Waterford when he was playing nominally at centre back and coming onto the ball. But nowadays they're playing up front, and he looks a little less happy with his back to goal because, you know, the the, the dynamics a little bit different, and I I, I can see a little bit of frustration creeping in because it's not going from. But again, you know, <laughs> I like a broken record, but really you had to walk across the pitch to to see how bad it was. I mean, it just it just wasn't it wasn't fair on anybody really. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 